The Friday GAA Podcast, with thanks to GAA Go, official home for live and on-demand GAA match streaming worldwide. Goal on here, goal chance for Conor McGrath, surely give it in, Conor. Mackie heading it towards the 21 metre line. Team Mackie still going. Goal is up for Cats. Oh, oh, what a goal. Goal. I can't think of a better position or a better place to be in right now anywhere in the world. It's time to take Sam to throne. If you look back in sporting history, you'll see that the whingers and the whiners are forgotten. The characters remembered briefly. Will stick in your mind at the championship show car. I want nothing to do with that, to be quite honest. You know, I think it's a disgrace. A small change before the game, worth the street. <laughs> been a look, said oh, Donovan. Donovan cornerback. Wild effort on goal. It's over! It's over! It's over! It's over! It's over! It's over! It is the Friday Football Podcast with thanks to GA Goal, the final one of the season, barring a replay, of course, because it is the All-Ireland Senior Football Final this Sunday afternoon. The old enemies, Kerry and Dublin, going head-to-head for the second time in five years. Something quite brilliant and beautiful to look forward to. Tommy Rooney has joined me this afternoon. Hey, Dave. I suppose I should introduce myself. You ho- you already have, Tommy. It is Dave McIntyre here hosting the uh, podcast this afternoon. And with the, the likes of Jer and Nathan and Adrian and Mick all on various junk Trips. Either side of the Atlantic Ocean, we decide to bring in another expert. Billy Joe Padden is on the line. Hello, sir. Hello to you. Very good to be here. Billy, before we get into the ins and outs of this game, now we only have the Kerry team at the moment. The Dublin team will probably come in a few hours after we've recorded this podcast. In a little bit of small talk in the studio before we dialed up your number, it just was brought to my attention because Tommy asked me, Was I at the game? And I'm commentating on the game on Sunday. He's never been to an All Ireland final. Tommy, what age are you? 22. 22. So the last time Mead were in All-Ireland, you would have been eight? Uh, there, thereabouts? 2001, I was eight, yeah. Uh, you weren't at that game? I, I was at the semi-final. It's the furthest I've ever been. So you went to watch them demolish Kerry, but you decided you couldn't have been bothered going to see them lose to Galway. That, that's a moment that broke my heart. I didn't get the tickets. My cousin got to go to that game. I don't think they even watched it. Right. I was a massive football fan. And since then, it's just never happened. Why not? All Why Ireland. wouldn't you just go to a to an All Ireland final, regardless of the fact that Mead weren't involved? I would love to go to an All Ireland final. You could have gone to see Billy Joe getting a hide in two thousand six. I know, I know. <laughs> tickets have never been the easiest to come by. It, it was that Galway All Ireland win was bad enough for me being a student yeah. in, in Galway at the time, having to listen to them. So you know, I, I, it was the one time ever I was shouting for Mead. I'm, I'm, I am genuinely stunned, Billy Joe. When was your first All Ireland? Eighty nine. 89, yeah. Uh, I was 8. I was 8, but I suppose Dad was playing. That made it a bit easier for me yeah. to get tickets, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was obviously a disappointing day. And then would you have gone to another before you played in one? 96 uh, and 7? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I was there in 96 and 97. I would have gone to just general ones as well. I remember being at the Dublin Tyrone one in 95 as oh, well. Oh, yeah, very good game, yeah. And uh, I don't think I was at any one before that, but I remember that game. Look, it was great to be there for Peter Canavan's performance that day. 10 points, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 11, uh, he would uh, say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and a, a bunch off his left and a bunch off his right. It was, you know, fantastic. So if I remember, I can actually picture where I was sitting in the old Hogan stand watching it. So it, it, that was a great occasion to be at that. And I suppose, yeah, any time Mayo since I've been there and we've been there a few times, unfortunately, not come away with the right results. Well, I'm I'm kind of sad. This is eating Look, away at me, it's Tommy. It's, it's gnawing away at me. It's something I'm going to fix. It's something I'm going to fix. Listen. Um, what, what, would you not go this Sunday, no? I, I just couldn't get tickets didn't get around did you try me. though 
not that hard. You should have tried a little harder. Yeah. Like you work for off the ball. I'm putting in an official off the ball <laughs> Tommy Jeez, Rooney if plea. T- if tickets come to me, I'll definitely go. Right here. Well, and with this podcast, you'll be listening to us if you get it on Twitter, if you get the link yeah. on Twitter on Newstock.com, SoundCloud, iTunes, wherever you happen to have downloaded this, you are listening because you're, he- you're hearing my voice. If you've got a spare ticket for Tommy Rooney, you can tweet us at off the ball. He will definitely take it off your hands. Please put this poor, miserable sod out of his misery <laughs> and get him to his first ever All-Ireland final. What's the greatest All-Ireland you've watched, Billy Joe? Uh, the greatest All-Ireland I've watched? Oh, um, I really liked, and it was games I was at, and I really liked, I think it was the 2005 Tyrone Kerry, Kerry game. Yeah. It, right. was, it, was a, it was a really good day. It was so intense. Uh, I had really good seats. I think I was in, like, in the Cusick stands, you know, perfect middle of the field. And I just remember it being a great game of football. And just to see so many, you know, like what, what I would consider as all-time greats on the field at any one time. You, you know, Kavanaugh, Darrow, Shea, all the, all the carry players, Gooch, all them guys, uh, Philip Jordan, you know, Brian Wiggins, them, them fellas that really were at the absolute top of their game. So many of them playing. And then it to be such a close, competitive game. And, uh, you know, very tactically, you know, it was a tactical game. I think the key thing that stood for me was just Tyrone's composure in the last 10 minutes where unusual for a carry team is that kind of, Lost their composure in the last ten. What about you, Tommy? Uh, yeah, Tyrone were my second favorite team in the noughties. Said, said nobody me. ever. They were, <laughs> yeah. you know. So O two is the kind of the first final I really properly remember. I kind of blanked two thousand one out of my memory, but um, two thousand two, two thousand eight. Um, I just think Tyrone were brilliant in two thousand eight. Mine would have to be my first. Although uh, 98 was amazing because it was two teams that we hadn't seen succeed for so yeah. long and it was going to be romantic regardless of who won the All-Ireland or the Galway or Kildare and it turned out to be a great game. But I think 86, Billy Joe, for me, it was my first All-Ireland and I was I always have brought this sort of privilege around with me that I was there to see the last dying kick of the greatest team yeah. of all time and, and Pat Spillane turned the game because they were been beaten heavily by Tyrone a Tyrone team that had never won the All-Ireland Kerry going for the three in a row and it was just amazing to be there when Sheehy and O'Shea and the Bomber and Pat Spillane and McGoy all won their last All-Ireland final <laughs> All-Ireland medal that was, that was quite amazing you were of at that I was at that was my first one my dad brought me in on his knee oh God. and um, that was a great year because I went to see my first ever trip to Croke Park that I can remember is the 1986 yeah. league final when Leash yeah. beat Monaghan who were the Ulster champions at the time and, and came close to winning the All-Ireland the previous year that was uh, that was pretty good and then Leash went on and got beaten by Wicklow in the first round of the Leinster Championship two months later it was an unusual year but look yeah. there's a game this weekend in 2015 so let's stop wallowing in nostalgia yeah. and bring it forward a few years the Kerry team is in Billy Joe it was named last night and there are three changes um, Fionn Fitzgerald and Aidan O'Mahony have come into the full back line Paul Murphy and Mark O'Shea not in the starting 15 as things stand and then maybe a little less surprising Paul Ganey has taken over from Kieran Donaghy in the full forward line a lot of people predicted that Donaghy would be kept in reserve but your thoughts on Mark O'Shea and Paul Murphy not being in the team this is the second time in a year that Mark O'Shea has been dropped for an absolutely massive game yeah, it's it, the only thing I'll say about the Smarts all year is that he's made changes nearly, I, I think, you know, in, in a lot of the games. And I, I'm presuming that he's going, he's very much has a, a culture in the squad that he's going with the fellas that are playing in form. And I wonder if there are any niggles or slight injuries that are, that are uh, you know, with those players in particular. And then the other thing that comes to mind about those defensive substitutions is that I know that Fitzmaurice, you know, spoke about it over years, is that, you know, somebody like McMenamum, um, like you know, you're going to have to identify somebody to basically shadow him. And when he comes off the bench, you're going to find a carry fella coming off the bench and 
fresh legs on fresh legs and going out there and marking them. So I would not be surprised if, if that's Mark O'Shea or, or Murphy's job uh, come you know some stage through the second half of the game and, and, and he's identified it at this early stage. What if, Ma- what if McMenamin starts? What happens then? I don't think he will start. I, I think that's the risk. That's that's a, the, a risk that um, Fitzmaurice was willing to take and I, I, I think he'd be absolutely fine with it because whether, we, whether McMenamin likes it or not, he's a more impactful player yeah. uh, when the games are opened up and when, when he has space to do what he does really well and which is take men on, use his strength, you know, uh, be direct. And when, when every, all 15 players on the field are fresh and as, as fresh as he is, he just does not find the same space he does uh, as he does in the last 20 minutes of the game. So let's just focus just for a moment on this particular match of Tommy now that we've got into it. McMenamin not starting, if that is the case, would then indicate that Dean Rock will. Yeah. Yeah. And Dean Rock, has, he's a talented footballer yeah. and I think he's got an awful lot more to offer outside of his place kicking. But from play, he's delivered next to nothing all summer. Hasn't shown. And no. he has not been kicking his freeze that well, to sufficiently well in terms of getting 95% of his kicks to balance out the fact that he's not contributing from play. Is it not a massive risk to be carrying somebody in your forward line that's in the form of Dean Rock at the moment when you have somebody chomping at the bit like Kevin McManaman on the bench? Looking in from the outside, it seems like that. And it seems like that Dublin six forwards aren't clicking at the minute and they should be because they're, on paper, they're sensational. You know, Paul Flynn isn't, isn't flying the way he's been flying the last couple of years, not in his all-star form. Rock really isn't performing. He's not doing enough, as you're saying, during the game. He's not getting involved. He's not doing his little bit of playmaking that he should be able to do. And you'd look at it and you'd think, if Alan Brogan was starting against Kerry, Alan Brogan could be the man to just make everything tick, play balls into Bernard. He loved playing against Kerry. But I just think Jim Gavin is playing this way with Rock and he's been playing this way all year. I agree with you, Joe. I don't think he's going to start McMiniman. I think McMiniman's influence is coming off the bench. I think Alan Brogan's also a man who can change your game coming off the bench. I think Gavin likes having these options that he can let a game go, peter out for 40 minutes. Like, Rock is going to do fine, you know. He will kick three or four frees probably in the first in the first 40 minutes. But will he'll be, he he'll be taken he hasn't, He's missed a couple of big frees against Mayo on the two games. I mean, Billy Joe, what are your thoughts on it? Because I'm looking at someone like Cormac Costello who's on the bench and clearly he's not doing enough in training to convince Jim Gavin to start him in a game in place of Dean Rock. It's either that or my other reading would be that Stephen Cluxton is not feeling confident at all when it comes to kicking frees and that no. he's got left with absolutely no option but to play Dean Rock. Yeah, I think he... It was funny you mentioned Costello because I was just thinking about him this morning I was coming in the car as where has he gone basically all summer because we've seen what he can do in flashes in the league. And uh, I just think that uh, Jim Gavin will see that they, the players he has that are, he sees as real options and are, is, as Tommy says, um, Alan Brogan. And he probably... You know, there's definitely not 70 minutes in him even though I would not mind if I was a double fan see Alan Brogan start the game with the knowledge that you know that you have still have McMenamin to come. And Costello is obviously out of the picture. So then he is starting Rock. And the only other thing I'd say about Rock is I expect this to be a very different game to the Mayo game on Sunday. Mayo are not going to be... Uh, are, uh, Kerry are going to play a lot of men back in defence, I expect. And it could come down to some out, uh, long-range shooting and, and you know shots from out in the 45. And he might get a bit of space out there. And if the first one go, first three goes over, he might be able to get a bit of joy there with a couple of long-range efforts from play. And I think that's probably why you, it would... The, the, the way the matchup would suit him more so than Alan Brogan, because Alan Brogan is another player that can take a guy on and use his pace, even though he is a, a very good finisher as well. Last year's All-Ireland final, the way Kerry's defensive strategy sort of strangled Donegal, like Donegal didn't get a shot in play until Derek O'Connor missed that goal chance. It was Murphy and Mc, mm-hmm. uh, Murphy McFadden who kept him in play in chances to freeze. Um, so, like as you said, you'd imagine that Kerry are going to filter players back and the, the space is going to be tight inside. 
Like Dublin scored against Mayo. It was unbelievable in the replay how close in they were. Mm. Like they were getting yeah, but, shots from the perfect position. Yeah, but I, I, that was as much to do with Mayo's yeah. tactics on the yeah, day. Yeah. Because, and, and this is the fascinating thing for me as well, is that Mayo decided that they were going to man-mark the likes yeah. of Blaine and Connolly. And, and, and Mayo have great players to do that. And they did it very well. Lee Keegan, you know, Colum, the likes. They did fantastic jobs. But it left their full back line totally exposed. And I suppose that's the question Fitzmaurice has to ask is, OK, am I going to man-mark the half-back line? If I do that, you have to play a sweeper in front of the full-back line. You just have to give that extra protection. But you can't afford a situation where the Dublin half-forward line is way out the field, their markers have tracked them, and then you're left with 30 yards of space in front of a, a, a full-back line. That will not happen. So it's to me, the question was whether Kerry will just play zonal and drop everyone back. And then that might give a bit more freedom. If they do that, that'll give a bit more freedom to Paul Flynn and, yeah. and Connolly to get into the game. So it's a risk either way. We were talking yesterday about the sweeper, um, or the lads talking about yesterday a little bit, on air like playing yeah. a sweeper that just gives Cluxon his little 20 yard kickouts and like I don't I don't think that they can do that I think that Mayo suffered so much from kind of half-assing it O'Connor pointing one direction and Jim O'Connor not really pushing up and Kevin McLaughlin letting him get away with a kickout I just don't think that they can let Dublin build like that Billy Joe, yeah. can you can you not just go fall between the two stools and push up I on the kickouts and go six for six and then as soon as the ball is in play pick somebody that his role it is to simply just turn around and sprint back to their own full back line? Well, I think it's very difficult because say, say you go six for six with the, the forwards and the two midfielders and you're, you're man marking. You know, the difference with Dublin and Tuxman is that Flynn and Connolly are definite targets on kickouts. So, you know, they're going to push really high up the field looking to take a kickout from, from Tuxman. Yeah. And if they get it, and if they can manage to win the ball, whether it be by break quickly, it's too so late. One then. kick pass, it's too late. One kick right. pass from the likes yeah. of yeah. Flynn, Flynn or Connolly, who are so good, the ball is landing on the D. And if so the Dublin player wins it clean, it's, it's, it's over, you know? So what would you do? Well, I, I would play totally defensive. I, I'd, expect, I'd expect Kerry to do the exact same as they did against Sonny Gall. So concede uh, the kick outs completely? No, you don't concede the kick outs. You play zonal in the middle of the field where you, you're not going to ask either of the two midfielders, because they're such key players for them, that they take a side each. You get your half forwards to drop into that uh, wide midfield area, you know, or one or one of them, or one of two of them to cover that area, and then you leave Johnny Cooper or the cornerbacks to receive the ball if an option. You don't leave Kane O'Sullivan. So you, you are, so you Kane. are conceding the kickout then. You're, you're you're effectively conceding the kickouts to the cornerback if you want, and but you're you're covering anything that goes longer, and that that's what I would do. Because I I really don't didn't have a problem as a, a Mayo supporter didn't have a problem with what Mayo did on some kickouts at really? all. See this throughout either game. What you're saying is fascinating to me, Billy Joe, because it's the absolute opposite theory from what the vast majority of people have put forward in the build-up to the Mayo games and in and afterwards because everybody was saying that Mayo's strength is their huge men, the two O'Shea's, Barry Moore and um, Tom Parsons in around the middle of the field and even to a lesser extent, Jared O'Connor. And that's exactly... Wait, Tommy, you're right. That's where Kerry would see their huge strengths being is they have the two tallest, two most athletic and acrobatic midfielders well. in the country. Johnny Buckley in there too. So you, a, a, a journeyman <laughs> pundit would think, well, why don't we just ensure that Kerry... Why aren't Kerry ensure that they've plugged every gap and that Cluxton is forced to pump it down the throats of Moore and Marr and Buckley well I, you see I don't think it's possible because I think to do that you leave your full back line so exposed there's so much space on that field that you're going to have to bring half backs up the field into you know into the, into the effectively into the double half of the field to mark Paul Flynn and Connolly because they're going to be there trying to win a kick out so yeah. then if the ball breaks down you're playing your four on four in half of Crow Park against Dublin, the way they kick past the ball in the space they do it. Particularly when we're talking about starting the game, 
the last thing Kerry would want to be, we know that Kerry go into every game and they say, well, we play great football on that, but we're going to win the battle first and we'll, we'll sort out the football afterwards. And I just don't think they're going to take that risk. I think that actually what they did a couple of years ago, even though the, ga- the game that um, Kerry scored the three goals and I, yeah. I get mixed up in the years. Yeah, the 2013 actually, semi-final. If you look at the first half, I thought I thought Kerry did very well on Clubs and Kickoffs that day, but even the stats didn't really say that. Say that. They put ferocious oh, yeah, pressure I remember, on Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they, they put ferocious pressure on Clubs, but Clubs still got outballs to Johnny Cooper and the likes. The, the work after that was what was so impressive by Kerry is that they created turnovers there or else they dropped deep and created turnovers on the one half and counterattacked. And by the end of it, Cluxton was so frustrated with the whole thing because Cluxton didn't couldn't do what he wanted to do. What he want he doesn't want to kick the ball to Johnny Cooper twenty yards away. He wants to find Paul Flynn under the Cusick stand running onto a ball and hitting him in stride so that he's creating attack. Cluxton doesn't want to kick it sideways to, to Johnny Cooper. So if you ask him to do that, and then if you, as Kerry will be, if you are comfortable and all drop him back to be into a defensive structure, and as good as they are on a counter attack with their kick passing. I think Kerry will be happy for the game to develop like that, particularly in the first half. So, Tommy, I'm sure they'll have looked at the second half of the drawn game yeah. between Dublin and Mayo, and they'll have seen how spooked Stephen Cluxton was, particularly in that last 20 minutes. What was it that Mayo did that Eamon Fitzmaurice will take something from as he's putting his master plan together for this Sunday? Well, maybe that's the way to do it, as in Billy Joe was saying, as in to let, let him do that, let him hit a 20-yard ladder. Like I, didn't, I was sitting under the Cusack, I was sitting in the Hogan right on the 20-yard line, in the semi-final and I just it was I couldn't believe it like. but it was killing Mayo they I were thought, 7 I thought points down him. but maybe that is what you do maybe you let Cooper get it maybe you try and turn him over that way maybe Mayo just didn't push up hard enough on him um, well, and then well, in the well, second it, half when you turn the screw that's when you go man for man you push on like Mayo did yeah but the, the only thing I'll say about Mayo is that in that game is that I just find that every pundit went on about Mayo, Mayo I don't know the possession stats but uh, mm. it was close enough to 50-50 right Mayo were seven points down. You rightly pointed that out. What killed Mayo that game was not what they did. In, you know, was not gaining possession. What killed Mayo that day was what they did with possession. Yeah, they were terrible with possession. Horrendous. Kerry will not. Kerry, that will not be a concern of Kerry because if Kerry gets fifty percent possession, they will score because they have that ability. So the drawn game for Mayo was. I, I, I still say that I, I really don't have that much of a problem with what Mayo did on Clubs and Seahawks. I thought some of it worked well. I thought that defensively in the second game, it was far too open. They should have played a sweeper. They should have made it harder for Dublin to get scores and be an open game. Because if it's an open game, high tempo, high pace, Dublin are more athletic than any other team will play in the country. They're far more athletic than Kerry. And if Kerry allowed that game to be that way, by pushed by all this press, press and up, with their half-backs having to each Dublin kick-out travel 50 yards into the Dublin half and yeah. then race back if they don't win the kick-out, by the last 20 minutes, their legs will be ran off and Dublin will win the game. I, I, that, it's fascinating, Billy Joe. Your your thoughts on Cluxton. I love talking about Stephen Cluxton's kick out. And it, you, it, it's equally fascinating, Tommy, that we just never get bored by talking about the <laughs> kick out strategies of Stephen uh, Cluxton. We've been doing it I'm solid now for four or five years. Let's move away from it. Yeah. The other change of the Kerry team is that Kieran Donaghy isn't in the side, and Paul Ganey he starts. And I'll throw you back twelve months, Billy Joe, when something similar happened. Um, we thought that well, Donaghy did start against Donegal, but the first ball that was sent long in the game was into the hands of Paul Ganey and they got the early goal. So I'm point, my point being that you can't necessarily read a, read a huge amount into the way the Kerry are going to strategise at the very start of this game by virtue of the fact that Paul Ganey's in ahead of Donaghy. Well, I, I think it gives them more options though because yeah. I think if you played, if you played Donaghy, they would be less comfortable with having to give him a stint in the first half out in the half-forward line. Say if they do drop sweepers back and play quite defensively, just sit... Uh, 
well then you would feel much more comfortable by asking Gooch to go out there or Gainey and like they'll want I'd say keep Donahue close to goal because he's such a you know he's our, he's our key forward and um, in saying that now he spent a lot of dollar and fine last year in the half forward line but uh, you know you don't expect Dublin to be as defensive as Donegal were in that game so I, I just think Gainey gives you more options early in the game when when pace and athleticism are probably more important than they will be in the last 20 minutes and I fully expect Donahue to come in and have a big impact to play or in the in the last 20 minutes, but I, I think it's the right call by Kerry. It gives them more flexibility and probably is more suited to the way the game will be in the first uh, in the in the first half. It'll okay. be important for the full forward line to keep uh, Philippe Mahan pinned in, obviously as well. Yeah. Like, how will they yeah, set I, up? Are they going to set up one man on the D? Or don't know who again. Your Cooper and two inside, or are they going to play flat three men up front? Or like, it's hard to know. I, I I imagine that they'll play with two and maybe one coming out at a time. And they might take it on turns. Like you know, Gooch might get out there just to get on the ball early on. Yeah. If, not, if he doesn't win prime possession from a couple of long balls in. Uh, uh, just to get his hands on the ball and he is so creative with his left foot like, and his foot passing that he can, he can create them but you're right it was something that Dublin did very well against Mayo that whenever Aidan O'Shea went out in the middle of the field Philly McMahon had, got every opportunity to run off him and probably should have scored more than he did that goal so chance you can be, yeah you can be sure that Kerry Kerry and Kerry forwards will know that if Philly McMahon is picking them up and it'll, it'll be dictated by what Dublin have decided in terms of who Philly McMahon is, is, is picking up for the game yeah that they'll know okay if I find myself out the field I've got to track this guy if he makes a run off somebody Okay, Billy Joe, I'll put something to you that if both teams bring their A game on Sunday, Dublin win. They have yeah. better players at the peak of their powers if that is the case on Sunday and if that is what happens that they'll win the final. Discuss. It sounds like a leaving no, cert think, question. <laughs> yeah, I think it, it's harsh to say that Dublin have better players in terms of, if you just totally look at it from a skill execution point of view in terms of the skills because them carry, carry players are fantastic. You're talking to midfielders, even there are some of their their, their defenders can kick the ball really well, and then any of the six forwards probably have a skill level that's you know maybe even better than some of the Dublin players in in some circumstances. But when you marry that skill level to the sheer speed and athleticism that this Dublin team has, you would have to say that the way the game is now, the pitch they're playing on in Crow Park and the wide open spaces, that if it was an open game of football, fifteen on fifteen, and um, uh, you Dublin, you would expect Dublin, Dublin to win, and even if it's what I expect it to be a sort of fairly defensive game early on, KG. That I still still think that Dublin have the athleticism and then the, the the impact to come off the bench to be able to you know see it out in the end if they can do what they normally do, and, and that is score goals. Looking at the benches, Tommy, it, it's maybe the first time this season that Dublin are up against a side that can possibly rival them. Four yeah. options coming in off the bench because they obviously have Donaghy, who we've already discussed. If Kevin McManaman was brought on for the last 25 minutes, you'll probably see Mark O'Shea being brought on at the same time, detailed to marking him. Really? Paul do, you reckon, do you reckon Mark O'Shea is the man to take him? I, well, I think it could be like the perfect know, matchup uh, for Mark O'Shea. If think? he's getting a little bit of help, and we can yeah, discuss yeah. that in a moment. Paul Murphy's an all-star cornerback. He's on the bench. Brian Sheehan is an all-star midfielder. He's on the bench. We've seen what Barry John Keane can do all summer. He kicks at least one, if not two points in every game coming off the bench. Yeah. Darren O'Sullivan is the speedster that comes off the bench, yeah. maybe in the mould of a Kevin McManaman. And then you've got the likes of Paul Gavin and Tommy Walsh. It's arguably yeah. the strongest bench in the history of All-Ireland football finals. And like Walsh and Gavin are the two we're probably not going to see as well. Yeah. Know? So I'm just thinking if it does come down to options, Billy Joe, that maybe Kerry will have Dublin's number. Yeah, I, I think Kerry probably has more options, but I think that Dublin probably have, a, a, I suppose, nearly like it's like a methodology. In that yeah. They know, okay, they know, all right, at, very, at the very latest, with 25 minutes to go, McMenamin's coming on, no matter what. No matter what, whether there's three points up, whether there's three points down. You know, he's coming on, this is just what he does. I expect McCauley 
to maybe be even be on at half time, not to start, and he'd come on, come on at half time, so I'd get 35 minutes out of him. And uh, then, but the, the, the difficulty for both managers is is that, you know, black cards, defence, they all want to make attacking substitutions to have real impact on the game. But they're going to have to leave two or three for defensive substitutions, yeah. just for injuries and stuff like that. And if you're a carry forward on that bench, you must be looking around thinking, you know, if they're going to use three forwards here, very easily I could be one of the guys that doesn't get a, get a game yeah. at all. So it must be very difficult for them. So I think I think it's 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 it's, it's, it's the most difficult job that Fitzmaurice has is that he's all these options. Whereas I think Jim Gavin could nearly script. He could nearly script what's going to happen in terms of his the changes that he will make. Uh, at various stages of the game. It's much more difficult for Fitzmaurice. Which probably means, Tommy, that you could probably script what Jim Gavin is going to do at various <laughs> yeah. stages in the game and give or take, say, five minutes yeah. if the game is getting away from a little bit more than Jim Gavin would hope or predict that you can probably see Kevin McManaman coming on between the 50th and the 55th minute Alan and Brogan. Alan Brogan will come on somewhere between the 55th and the 60th minute. We'll see Mick Fitzsimons. He was superb when he came on against mm. Mayo. Um, yeah. If it depends, as you say, if, if he starts McCauley, if he starts Bastic. Bastic met a better influence coming off the bench in the first game. He wasn't in it as much in the in the replay. Um, like that's it. Like you just, I, I just think that Gavin's going to start with Rock because he has this plan in place. He knows what he's going to do. Rock is expendable. He's going to be the first man out. Um, so it's it, that's just the way it is. Like and Fitzmaurice, like we don't know. He could play. Like all the all the talk this week is that Tommy Walsh is going to have some flood of an impact. Everyone's asking. Yeah, we. It was said at our outside broadcast in Inch last yeah. weekend. Mick Galway, in fact, like a lot was of the man who said that he feels Tommy Walsh will have a big role to play. But do we even I'd be know? astonished if Tommy Walsh plays more than two minutes in yeah. this final. Yeah. Well, no, he yeah. could come on for the last ten, but like you know, that could still be a massive impact in the last ten minutes of the game. You know. Um, in where yeah. in midfield. Yeah, stick him in midfield, stick him in full forward. Tommy Walsh is a huge athlete. Oh, I understand he's a yeah, huge yeah, man, yeah. but I haven't seen anything from him this year to suggest he that he is. Exactly. Yeah, I know. Which, mean, which means Eamon Fitzmaurice hasn't seen something from him which suggests that he's going but to be Donahue, in a position to turn this final like Donny did last year. But he hadn't but, been used up to the semi-final, Donny. But the only, other, the only other thing I'll say is that we speak, we, we speak all the time about, and we spoke earlier about, you know, what Fitzmaurice will do to react to, to Dublin's scripted substitutions. Maybe Tommy Walsh is the man for Michael Darren McCauley. Yeah. You know, he, he's better than him. He's better than him in the air than McCauley is in the air. And surely, you know, from being a professional athlete, he looks extremely athletic still. And if you give him the job, say, OK, you track McCauley all do, and you catch kickouts. You don't have to worry so much about your skills or playing passes. And that's the things that maybe are you know, coming a bit more slowly to him yeah. following his years in, in Aussie rules. So maybe that's the role that Smaris has identified for him. Okay, well, it's um, squeaky bum time, lads. Um, Tommy, we'll start with you. Who's going to win this final and why? Call me old boat weeks. <laughs> in the semi-final. <laughs> so, I'm going to go for Dublin. Um, I think that James McCarthy and Jack McCaffrey could be the winning of the game. But when you look at it, I also think that Buckley and Walsh are the perfect men to match up with them. I just think that... I don't think Kerry are suscept- as susceptible as they were the first day against Cork in terms of deep runners, but I just think that Kerry or Dublin are so strong running with the ball that I think that McCaffrey and McCarthy, McCaffrey this time, this year, whenever he's picked up a ball and he's got five yards on his man, he's created something. And I just think that he can have a huge influence on Sunday. Um, I've written Dublin off twice already. I'm not going to do it again, so I'm going to go for Dublin. Billy Joe? I'm going to, I've gone for Dublin all year, and I've been consistent, so I'm going to stick with them. I, I think it's a very close game, but I think the key thing for me about this Dublin team and uh, we you particularly saw it in the drawn the first game against Mayo was that I think and all year they've been excellent defensively. And if you're going to do anything against Kerry, you have to be you know really good in the field considering the good forwards that they have. 
And I think that um, they'll do another good job defensively and that will give them the platform when the game opens up in the last 20 minutes that whoever they have on the field, that they'll be able to get uh, the key scores they need just like they did in the replay against Mayo. So I, I think double Mayo by two points. Well, lads, we're all either going to look very wise on Sunday night or we're all going to look very stupid because I'm going for Dublin as well. And my reason being that I think if they can get the most out of Dermot Connolly, who clearly was struggling in the semi-final yeah. replay after what had gone on that week, and Paul Flynn, who's probably only put together maybe 30 minutes of really good football, Paul Flynn-type football, if they get the most yeah. out of those two, um, they'll go an awful long way to winning the game. And my other reason would be, and maybe Billy Joe will get one more comment from me on this, that yeah. there's no team like them that I've seen over the last 15 years that can put together a flurry of scores like Dublin can. They look like they're out of the game. It looked like they're out of the game in the semi-final two years ago against Kerry in the semi-final yep. replay against Mayo this year and suddenly they've rattled off two, three in six minutes and the opposition have been blitzed out the window and I think yep. I don't think you can keep your foot on their throat for 70 minutes and for that reason they'll have enough in their locker to win it Yeah I agree with you and just the two players that you did mention as well is that I think Kerry's tactical approach will dictate you know how those two players game will pan out because I think they're exceptional footballers and that's Flynn and Connolly like, and if, if Kerry decide to go and man-mark them well, I think it's going to be a very difficult task for the carry defenders that are that get that job because I don't think they're as good as the male defenders that were identified for that job. And if Kerry, you know, give them a sort of a bit of freedom to go deep and get the ball, well, then I think they're going to have an impact on the game in terms of their ability to play make. So I expect, uh, I think you're right. Dublin have the ability to get them scores, and I think that Flynn and Connolly will have a huge part to play in this game for Dublin. Okay, well, it's a unanimous, unanimous verdict. We're all going for Dublin. It'll be so interesting to see. Of course, we could have a replay and we'll have to do it all again next week. Billy Joe, brilliant stuff as always. Enjoy the game wherever you're watching it and um, we'll talk to you very soon. Cheers, Billy Joe. Thanks. Tommy, the minor matches obviously on Sunday afternoon throws in a half one and it's an all-monster minor final. It's the first time in the history of the football championship at that level that it's happened and the question is, have Tipperary improved enough to try and overturn their monster final beating? Um, I don't have the answer to that but Neither they're really like. impressive against Kildare in the All-Ireland semi-final the problem is they're playing a Kerry team that's already beaten them heavily once and has the experience amongst its ranks of already winning in All-Ireland but hey nobody so, gave Tipperary a chance in 2011 no for Tipperary to potentially win uh, two All-Ireland minor titles in the space of five years would be pretty spectacular at the same time it would look ominous wouldn't it that if Kerry were to be able to put back together back-to-back All-Ireland minor and senior titles. You'll be looking at the end 21 soon. You'll be looking at something like we saw in the 70s and 80s. So the very best of luck to Kerry and Tip and the very best of luck to Kerry in Dublin. It's going to be an amazing day. We're going to have Colin Parkinson and Joe Malloy bringing you live coverage of the game on Off the Ball this Sunday afternoon. We're going to be bringing our sports paper review from Croke Park live with Joe Maliki Clerken and James Horan. And that starts at 12 on Sunday afternoon. So do tune in for that. There'll be an awful lot of All-Ireland final preview stuff in the papers this Sunday and the lads will sift through it and pick out the best bits so you might only buy one paper this Sunday but the lads will give you a flavour of everything that's happening across the uh, broadsheets and the tabloids on Sunday afternoon Tommy we've put it out there if anybody out there has got a spare ticket <laughs> Tommy's never been to an All-Ireland final what age did you say 24? 22. 22 I'll fix it soon I'll sort it out soon well, this is the time to fix it there's no time like the yeah, present yeah. at Off The Ball is our Twitter handle if you've got a ticket for Tommy he'd gobble it up and he would be like a child in a candy shop going to Croke Park heading in through the Hogan Sands styles on Sunday afternoon thanks for listening and we will we'll, we may speak to you next week who knows enjoy yeah, the game hopefully the Friday GAA podcast with thanks to GAA Go 
official home for live and on-demand GAA match streaming worldwide. Goal on here, goal chance for Conor McGrath. Surely give it in, Conor. What a goal! Mackie heading it towards the 21 metre line. Keep Mackie still going. Go on, your boy. Goal is up for Cats. Oh, what a goal! I can't think of a better position or a better place to be in right now anywhere in the world. It's time to take Sam to throne. If you look back in sporting history, you'll see that the whingers and the whiners are forgotten. The characters remembered briefly, but will stick in your mind that the champions who showed class. I want nothing to do with that, to be quite honest. You know, I think it's a disgrace. A small change before the game, worth the street. Been a look, Donovan cornerback. Wild effort on goal. It's over! Oh,